So good afternoon, welcome back, uh, or good day, whatever time it is for you. Um, so I'd like to offer some reflections on the theme of gladdening the heart, mind, the chitta. There's one way, one crucial way uh, or quality that really has a strengthening, uplifting uh, effect. Gladness, different terms in the teachings, pamoja, rejoicing, gladness. And after a discussion with some of you at lunchtime, I I think I just wanted to touch on um, this theme question came up. I'm sure we'll be providing me and others with more inquiry about is it okay to enjoy things? What place does enjoyment have in our practice, in our life, in the understanding of the Buddha's teachings and the path of liberation? And I realize like that can be an area of some confusion for me at times. So my sense is that, you know, the Buddha was, again, sense pleasure. So the pleasures that arise from a touch, a taste, a sound, a sight, so that, that pleasure is to be known and understood and not to be relied on for happiness. So there's the pleasant, the unpleasant, the neutral, and what is a wise relationship to all of that, and how maybe for some of us it feels like we're not allowed to enjoy anything, and somehow the pleasure in life is, again, to me, some conditioning around that. But I think, for me, the, this teaching on the word mudita, kind of this appreciative joy or gladness, the third Brahma Vihara, which I'm going to be mostly focusing on, um, but I also want to mention gratitude, which also for me is like somehow part of this third Brahma Vihara was also mentioned in the discussion. That is, is really, it's a kind of joy and gladness, which is not so much the response to, you know, pleasant sense contact, but is much more actually the pleasure and happiness and joy from heart being touched by heart or you could say by the the perceiving of um, goodness beauty truth mm, kindness yeah I are um, and the kind of happiness that arises when we when we see um, another person and the skillfulness and the beautiful, uh, fruitful, fruitfulness of that for them and for others. Those beautiful qualities of heart we might see in different people, you know, patience. And so my sense is that mudita is more to do with that heart recognition of the strength of the heart in others, in, in ourself, of the goodness of our heart and the goodness of others. Right? Rather than I'm so happy you've got a new, I don't know, 
iPhone or something, which is maybe nice and could be helpful and might enrich that person's life. But I don't think that's quite what the Buddha's pointing to this. So I think it's a very interesting exploration and how much uh, we're talking about when you enjoy things and there's a sense of gladness, then again, it can tip kind of into grasping and clinging and identification, you know, and I want more of this for me or just wanting, wanting it to extend, right? So I was mentioning how there's a sense of the wise relationship to pleasure. That's probably something that, you know, is an ongoing exploration for all of us. And so much of that on the sense level is kind of being able to know that, like kind of, yes, it happens and enjoy it while it lasts. It arises and passes not to kind of, you know, I mean, what is it like you spend your whole life just rushing around trying to make the next pleasant thing? You know, we were talking about refuge and false refuge and, and that may be one and can be even more damaging than that, can't it, as we see on a personal level, on a much larger level of what happens when there's ignorance and we don't realise that the way that we're trying to get more pleasure is actually damaging other people and damaging the planet. So, yeah, interesting. So I just, at the moment, I keep coming back to this sense of it's that strengthening and that gladdening and that sense of uplift that can come when we, when we, when we contemplate blessing, when we contemplate goodness, when we, when we deeply consider what we're grateful for. Yeah. So um, maybe having more access to that kind of joy. Sometimes it's called gentle joy which is actually more, you could say, embedded or embodied in, um, in, in, the, in the heart, in the chitta. So then we're actually less needing the, the kind of sense pleasures. It's nice when they come and fine and they come and go, but we're not spending a lot of energy and, and, and attention or kind of looking and trying to get. But there's a kind of way that we have of, being able to rest in, in, in just the gladness or even in a more subtle level, quiet level, the quietness, the quiet joy of contentment, you know, or the quiet joy of when the pain stops or, you know, just even contemplating the absence of pain or the absence of um, pressure um, externally, internally. So I really, I think part of this practice is really helpful when we, we can tune into and be glad for, um, in ourself or another, oh, okay, you, I can feel you finding your balance or, you know, um, having a bit of perspective on something that's happening that's then, Ah, oh, there's a kind of widening and like, oh, a bit more perspective. Suddenly you can sort of see again the wider perspective, but you know, sort of um, that wise perspective which sees things in a larger context. Mm. So, so that sense of um, 
just the quiet okayness. And I think this is one of the things that our meditation practice can 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 enhance our capacity and our taste for like just nondescript quiet okay great <laughs> so interesting I, I don't know if that makes sense but this is I want to share a couple of quotes in this regard one from Rodney Smith, who said, practice takes us through the doing mind into the non-doing of ease and contentment. So that sense of just being able to calm and just for a while, you know, just for, again, we step aside to rest and refresh and, you know, like somebody was saying in the group, is so, so frazzled mentally and physically by a sort of contact of sort of information about what's going on in the world and then sort of in the personal life and just really knowing how to um, step aside and, and, and kind of direct and train the attention or be able to contemplate and reflect in ways that are kind of yeah, quietening, calming, and sensing sometimes maybe it's a very, actually, very small step. It's a very subtle, like sometimes you feel very agitated and it's like this slight sideways glance. And you say, oh, it's okay over here. And the breath comes a little more easily. So there's something to really experiment with that, that sometimes, it, you know, it can feel like you've got to spend hours cranking out some joy or something or you know that actually it can be very available in a in a more immediate way just by sometimes literally shifting your gaze or shifting your attention or opening up moving the body looking up I think it's very interesting you know in the tradition the Christianity Anglicanism that I grew up in in the early part of my life, we sort of, you know, praise and sort of lift up our hearts and we look up and it's like, you know, sometimes for me it's like I look up and I see the trees and the sky and there's this kind of, oh, again, that's probably partly to do with the bigger perspective and the way that, that dukkha and, and, and the very narrowing, isn't it, sort of contracting, kind of closing down and gladness kind of, widens and opens so yeah I remember once um uh kind of in a city that I knew really well I decided to go around and look at the tops of all the buildings just look up look at and it gave me a really different perspective on on that place and somehow why again widen the perspective and the knowledge so I don't know if that's quite translates psychologically if you like what would it be to walk around looking up at the tops of your sankaras, you know, your formations, and see, oh, there's a, there's a sky, you know, there's some space. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so it's an exploration. How do we, how is the heart-mind gladdened? And sometimes I think, you know, you, you probably know this very well, like if you've been practicing for a while and you know what is a helpful reflection or a helpful way of attending 
Um, and I think a lot of practice brings a sense of gladness and we just don't notice it. Sometimes just that what some, um, I can't remember who is saying this, there's, just, there's a kind of very, very quiet joy in mindfulness. Right, interesting. Once that I'd heard that, I thought, yeah, there is actually. It's again. So maybe we're looking more and tuning more to some of this more quiet, rather rather than the more excitable kind of joy, which um, there's place for that in our life as well. If that energy is around, because if it's happening, then it's part of our life. So how do we relate to that? So much, so much of the training, the strengthening of the heart, isn't it? Is about how do we relate to to what's what's here. How do we? How can we understand it? And then, how can we incline? How can we practice? You know, this practice of gratitude. This is very powerful. I remember uh, hearing the story of somebody who had made a practice of writing down three things she was grateful for every evening, every day before going to bed, and she said at the end of a year. It, it it had really changed her life. Like maybe that wasn't the only factor, but it was really significant. So maybe we can kind of make take that as a bit of a practice to, in our own way, take time to to consider what we feel grateful for. Like we could do a little mini sort of meditation experiment now. These might not work, but anyway. So. Just right now, if we just pause and you just check in with how you are, how the body, mind, just kind of get a little bit of a readout. Yeah, degrees of agitation or calm or just a general sort of, yeah, like a, just a quick readout of what's going, how you are. Mm-hmm. And then, if you want, just it's a couple of phrases I'm going to offer. I'm with kind of using teachings I hear from other people. So I heard this from Chris Cullen, dear friend and colleague. Enjoying the blessings of this moment. Enjoying the blessings of this life. So just encourage you, just let's pause together and just for a minute or so, just if you like, just seeing what comes, if you just allow the, the phrases to maybe see what, see what comes to mind, enjoying the blessings of this moment, what's happening right now. We're enjoying the blessings of this life. And just see what, just invite you to kind of run that gently through your mind a few times and then just see, see what happens. What do you notice?
So obviously you could spend much longer time doing this, but just want to make this little experiment. Now, just even that very brief minute or so, did you sense any, can you sense any kind of shift in the mind state, in, in how you are now, if you do another little readout? Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it can happen quite quickly. And these phrases might not be quite, you know, work for you. But I, I really love that. I enjoying the blessings of this moment, the sense of, you know, I don't know if we were together, we could share what came up for you, the sense of air to breathe, supportive person in the room. Um Beautiful hall, the Dharma, and um, yeah, so that that sense of then the effect of noticing that, of noticing those things, blessings. Again, find find your own language and, and pointings that help. But really. Yeah, and then a sort of in a larger sense, enjoying the blessings of this life. And I think the blessing, the word blessing, where maybe there's some sense of the sacred, you know, not, not in any formal religious sense, especially, but something like the the beauty, again, the, the these this quality of the sacredness, the beauty, the preciousness of life. So that that sense of the heart appreciating the goodness of life that is 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 um there's some sense sense contact involved because we hear and there's a thought but what we're really tuning into is this sense of blessing of appreciation of gratitude um that we are given of what we are given I think maybe part of it is is this sense of generosity of what is given and you know also acknowledging that from a situation of privilege and you know class and race and in other ways there's a sense that there's a lot that a lot of people are not given and the injustice of that but at the same time, their sense of the heart can always open to blessing and what is given and what has been given. And the nourishment of that, the nourishment, deep nourishment, considering even times past and the ancestors, you know, our forebears, our, our, our parents are the people that brought us up. And, this is to me an incredibly rich reflection. I sometimes I've spent you know hours just reflecting on my life, and there's just enormous sense of all the blessings and all the gifts and all the people who've helped me, and like because <laughs> probably not the only one. You're never the only one, isn't it? If you think you are, you never are. But of 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 viewing one's life by the currently or in the past or as negative this negativity bias that is talked about um by 
various people, neurologists and others, and is very, we can really see that in ourselves. Some of us more, it's like, we're just like, um, you know, to, towards, towards what's wrong or not good enough or lacking or, you know, and then how hard it is then to kind of look around that and see actually all that, all that is given, all that was given. Really interesting like the way it shifts your view of yourself and the world and life. And again, not to say one view is wrong or right, but then what's helpful, what actually supportive, what kind of way of seeing things in the present or the past, like what brings support and energy and kind of a sense of being able to engage or take care of ourselves or, or take care of others and I, I find that this reflection so seeing it's like a in a way it's a choice to look through the lens of mudita look through the lens a way of looking and seeing so then and if you've ever practiced this I've done it on retreat sometimes where it's almost like you just put your mudita glasses on and you just walk around and it's like everything, everything becomes somehow, it's almost like um, pulsing with something to be appreciated, the life, the care, the skill. Like I'm just looking now in this room and the floor and the beauty of the wood and that sense of nature and the care of the crafting of the furniture and the making of the cushions and I know a particular person who did a lot of work to wash every single one of these cushion covers and so do you see that I haven't even got a tenth of the way through the room <laughs> so it's very interesting to see it as a way of looking a way of seeing that it that it then sh- it shapes our perception it, 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 it tints our perceptual field and then that's a really crucial Dharma understanding, isn't it? And kind of, again, an insight aspect to these cultivation practices um, that the negativity bias and the moods of lack and grief and and, um, hatred and ill will tend to create a, if you ever, the other day I was very annoyed for some, and I was like, I was just annoyed about everything for a few hours, and I just kept thinking and seeing different things, <laughs> like, yeah, and there's that, and there's that, and that's wrong, and <laughs> that should be, and I shouldn't have done that, and they should have done that, it's like, wow, so again, the, the world just became this kind of, like, pulsing with kind of things that were wrong, so this is an insight, can you, it's like this, like my story with Polly, you know, when I just looked at her and suddenly joy and love comes. And But we can intentionally practice it, right? This is the maybe the important difference with um, sense pleasures and, and, and this sense of the cultivation of the heart and the mind, of, of, of um, training it to be more sensitive to the, the, that which is already given, right? So the appreciation comes from what's already here which is really different, isn't it, from that sort of sense-pleasure thing oh, I'm having and getting, and isn't it nice, and you know, I wish it would be for longer. And This isn't like that. It has much more a, a steady kind of, it's just, ah. It's, again, there's no me, mine, I grasping involved. It's more open and um, 
doesn't belong to anybody. And have you noticed, I mean, this is, oh, I'm happy for you. You know, when you really genuinely feel that for somebody, you see them there, something good has happened for them, and it's like, I'm so happy for you. And you feel happy as well. So, you know, I think the Dalai Lama talks about this, about, you know, if, you, if you're happy at other people's happiness and you've got whatever it is, seven billion more chances to be happy. I don't know how many people there are on the planet at this moment, but a lot. And how many people we come into contact with. And this way that this attitude, this lens, this way of looking, you know, we can bring it into the way we relate, which I think I try to intentionally and sort of trained in appreciating people. Thank you. No, thank you, and appreciating, you know, because maybe many of us have a, yeah, negativity bias, you know, that we could just as easily say, well, I don't like them very much because of this and that, and they do this, and they should do that, and they made that mistake, and <laughs> but we can choose instead to say, thank you, I appreciate this, I appreciate that, either with them, you know, verbally, or just the way we think about people. So I think it can be very, very important and helpful in supporting relationships, either the people that we're close to or even, you know, people who are far away. Um, that's something we can practice. And being glad for whatever, even little, might sometimes with some people be very hard to find. Yeah, I can't be anything good there. Mm. So... Yeah, we, 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 you know, again, like meta, as I was saying earlier, this, these Brownville horrors have this radical, sort of unconditional, boundless potential. And again, that's not of the sense world, is it? It's a sort of heart, mind, heart, chitter kind of capacity and power to generate or to, to this sense of just being glad, anything good, anything beautiful anything true doesn't matter if it's here or there him or her you're just contact with that gives rise to gladness and intentionally bringing those things to mind and buddha dharma sangha for some people is very you know so what is it for you and that's part of what i think you know we can learn practices and have phrases like the ones i just shared and images and and memories places and then it kind of helps to tune the mind to that frequency and that wavelength right so then even when we're not actually you know like doing mudita practice it, it sort of becomes more natural that pathway is open and so it starts to arise more you know, in our life and naturally in relationships. So is the kind of the, 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 the more formal or intentional cultivation and then the kind of finding it just starts to be more present in our, in our life. But really important, isn't it? A time like, you know, when things are so difficult in so many ways for so many people that if we, if we are, if we are, strengthening gladdening the heart we not only feel better but we are more useful so that's a that's a rather utilitarian way of looking at it but it's 
you know, it's true. Um, so um, sort of opening to joy. And I, when I brought three books, I don't know, maybe I'll just mention them because, again, for resources and support, The Awakening Joy, a book by James Baraz, which actually I will just share one little piece on because it's sort of relevant to sort of where I seem to have got to at this point. Um, that the power of um, pausing and lingering and savoring um, so we catalyze, like I was saying in the meta, and then we linger, we savor, we, we take in. And, and um, so this is, you probably all know this very well. Um, so anyway, I'll just read this little section from this page 58 of this book. You can actually strengthen the happiness circuits in your brain Whenever you're experiencing a moment of joy or contentment, don't miss it. Pause to notice the feelings in your body and the state of your mind. Do you feel warmth in your chest? Tingling through your body? Does your mind feel lighter, more open? Now... Consciously intensify that feeling. I wouldn't quite put it like that, but here you go. It's another memorizing. So we might repeat it, we might dwell on it, we might bring that to mind on sort of maybe amplifying or letting, opening up the body, the mind, like to let that energy sort of suffuse, again, suffuse and radiate. That, that might be another way of thinking about that. And Dr. Rick Hansen, author of Buddha's Brain, which is a great book on, on this, in this area, I think, calls this taking in the good and suggests first um, intensifying the experience in your body, then letting it calm down and then intensifying it again. And he says, as with any positive state of mind, See if you can develop a strong sense memory of the experience so you can reactivate it deliberately when you want to. So, again, a rather kind of, yeah, just something for you to experiment with if you, if you were. Just like I was saying this morning with metta, like for me at this point, that word is, it kind of has that kind of, like almost just saying it will kind of, oh, that energy or that, um, heart sense will some, somewhat usually arise. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's see what else. I've got all kinds of things here to share. Hmm. So maybe I'll share, um, I wanted to share this book. Again, resources, the book of joy which my favorite part of this book, which you won't be able to see, um, are the, the photographs. And I mean, <laughs> see, look, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. There's a picture of the, the Dalai Lama, His Holiness the Dalai Lama, and Archbishop Desmond Tutu just kind of clasping each other and obviously just making such sweet, loving the Dalai Lama sort of going, 
like making a kissing gesture at the Archbishop. And there's all these absolutely lovely pictures of them enjoying the friendship, the fellowship. And as part of the reason why I love this book is because like today in the discussion group, in the Q&A, this sense of the gladdening of the heart just through fellowship, spiritual friendship. And the Buddha, the one um, antidote for all the hindrances. I think it's common. It's the one, or maybe there's another, but it's one of the recommendations for all of the hindrances is wise friends and suitable conversation. Yeah, so anyway, I really commend to you this book. There's lots of bits I could read to you, but The Book of Joy, um, which was a, a, day, a few days of conversation between His Holiness and Archbishop Tutu, and then put together by Douglas Adams, sorry, Douglas Abrams. Yeah, so spiritual friendship, I definitely wanted to be sure and mention that and among my spiritual friends the the great and the wonderful Pema Chodron I never met her and yet she is a friend of my heart and for a while for several years her her two of her books particularly were my one of like my closest buddies and I would I could read and get medicine and um, I want to share with you just a little bit um, from this um, Awakening Loving Kindness little book the chapter on joy she says there is a story of a woman running away from tigers she runs and runs and the tigers are getting closer and closer when she comes to the edge of the cliff she sees some vines there, so she climbs down and holds onto the vines. Looking down, she sees that there are tigers below her as well. She then notices that a mouse is gnawing away at the vine to which she is clinging. She also sees a beautiful little bunch of strawberries close to her, growing out of a clump of grass. She looks up and she looks down. She looks at the mouse. Then she just takes a strawberry, puts it in her mouth, and enjoys it thoroughly. So, this is our predicament. Right? This is always our predicament. We are, you know, it's such a fragile, fragile planet, fragile ecosystem, fragile. Mm, fragile society, fragile bodies, that we can strengthen the heart and we can strengthen, help strengthen each other's hearts and minds through generosity and through appreciation and through gratitude. And so that's a practice that we can we can do as a meditation and then whenever we get the opportunity I try to put it in every single email I ever send. And I've noticed recently that once or twice when I don't, I regret it. Because it might be the last email you ever send. 
and I don't want my last email to be grumpy. I want it to be, I want it to have love and appreciation in it. And I, yeah, so do it so many different ways. Again, I hope you can, when you take it up as a theme or an intention, that it's, it can come into your practice and into your life in, in so many different ways. So I think I will um, maybe kind of pause there. I um, Maybe two things, two more things, I'll give it time. I wanted to share a few phrases, a few mudita phrases, so you can, if you're interested, you can, and then there are lots of possibilities. I do find working with phrases sometimes is really helpful. Like I gave you the ones from Chris of enjoying the blessings of this moment and enjoying the blessings of this life. And if you're thinking of another person, you can think of that person and say, may you enjoy the blessings of this moment. May you enjoy the blessings of this life. Right? So it's lovely. It works both you know, for ourselves and for the other um, I want to share some phrases from Martine Batchelor, my friend and mentor, which is another, just so you can hear, and if you can always go back on, in the recording and kind of pick up on any of these if you want. Appreciating my efforts. And again, you can translate it, appreciating this effort or your efforts. So when you contemplate another person, appreciating your efforts, you know, the result may fall short of what we might wish, maybe often does, but I can appreciate the effort, my own and others. Yeah. Rejoicing in my understanding. And she gives some alternatives Rejoicing in my happiness or rejoicing in my success. So again, you can sort of feel and find what, what resonates. And then again, that can be translated to, if you're thinking of another person, rejoicing in your happiness. And of course, that using the appreciating mode tends to sort of soften the sense of me and you. And there's this process going on that we're, Kind of encouraging, being grateful for my potential. How's that one? I like that one. Being grateful for my potential, being grateful for your potential. Yeah, or being grateful for my existence. The miracle of existing at all. Being grateful for your existence. Yeah. I'm glad you exist. Mm. Glad you're in the world. And then I'll just share one of my favorite phrases from my friend and colleague Zohar Lavi. May I learn to appreciate the joy I experience. Again, as um, a way of 
again inclining to include, allow joy as to be part of our life, as you know, part of our great richness of of life, of the human heart. Yeah. May I learn to appreciate the joy I experience. And again, for another person, may you learn to enjoy, sorry, may you learn to appreciate the joy you experience. So, a lot, hopefully something of some help. And I want to close the reflections by sharing a little chant, which I think singing or chanting for some of us is so supportive, uplifting, helpful, gladdening. And you might want to experiment with that a little bit, or maybe you already do. What was it I heard recently? Someone, I can't remember where it was, somebody experiencing a lack of electricity, you know, when the, there's no power. Asking, I think it was somebody asking their mother what, what to do, and the mother said, Sing, just sing, sing all night. <laughs> so I won't sing all night, but um, this chant I learned recently from um, Sister Chandasiri, who's a senior uh, nun uh, in England. No, she's in Scotland now, and I heard her offer this chant at a recent uh, teacher conference and it you can hear it it brings together all four brahma viharas the metta the loving kindness the karuna the compassion the mudita the appreciative joy and the equanimity so i'll just sing it a few times and if you if you want to join in in your space please feel free and then again if you're if you want to learn it, I'll be there for you in the recording. And the, yeah, feel free to make up your own. I think it's a really wonderful practice to find a teaching or something and find the words and then find a tune. And it's something like Sister Chandasiri made this up and, and was using it as a mantra, she said. So um, may it be of some support and may we all of us you know really deepen and strengthen our our openness to joy and our capacity to uh, appreciate the goodness the truth and the beauty in life and in our own hearts and in others so i'll sing it and then i'll leave a little silence and, and ring the bell Okay, see if I can find this. Caring for all, sharing sorrow and joy, serene. 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 
caring for all，sharing sorrow and joy serene，caring for all，sharing sorrow and joy serene，caring for all，sharing sorrow and joy。Serene, caring for all, sharing sorrow and joy. Serene, caring for all, sharing sorrow and joy. Serene.